0: International bestselling author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, or the co founder of Match.com, or the host of the MSNBC show Your Business. They all have one thing in common. They are some of the many guests that want you to reach the finish line. Your host is Cal Diggs. Welcome. And welcome. Today, I am delighted to have Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey is the founder and CEO of Onnit, a high-performance health supplement company. He is also the host of the podcast, the Aubrey Marcus Podcast. Uh, Recently, uh, he just penned a book called Own the Day, Optimized Practices for Waking, Working, Learning, Eating, training, playing, playing, sleeping, and sex. Very happy to have him with us. Arby, welcome.
1: Thank you, man. Happy to be on.
0: Great. Well, first, you know, uh, let's kind of start of you know what motivates you to write this book because. You know, you've you've had a lot of success with On It, your high performance health supplement company, uh, doing twenty eight million dollars in five years, very impressive, and uh, and now you have a podcast which kind of has exploded. Uh, I would imagine probably you know as a uh, as probably as a indirect or direct connection. But uh, what has been kind of that main inspiration that led you to write this book?
1: Well, you know, the the company on it, we we call what we do total human optimization, and that's a big giant brand of of concepts, you know, it's it's a kind of a balloon of a myriad different things that you should do for your body and your mind and and holistically speaking. So, it's hard to put that out without, you know, kind of creating this foundational cornerstone of what that looks like. And I think that was really the endeavor of the book is to take this entire idea of total human optimization, distill it down to something that was really clear, really actionable. And I think that the key move with the book was to put it all put all these practices into a single day, a day that, you know, no part of that day is difficult. Not any one of these practices is hard, but cumulative cumulatively will lead to one of the best days of your life, and a day that you'll enjoy, a day that you'll feel better from, a day that'll support you for tomorrow, um, a day that, you know, can lead you down a path of genuine transformation without you having to worry about, you know, where you're going a month from now, two months from now, six months from now. All you got to do is worry about, you know, what you do today. And, uh, and I think that was really kind of the key concept of the book that made it really exciting to write.
0: The title of your book is called "Own the Day," which is quite a very uh, empowering title, to say the least. But mm-hmm. a person may say, "But well, you know, how can I own a day when I have thousands of dollars in student loan debt? Or how can I own a day when I have this, you know, master's degree and no one hires me? You know, like, you know, what would you say?" To uh, People that are facing overwhelming adversity. How
1: can they own the day? How can you not own the day if you're facing overwhelming adversity right like you need all of the energy you need all of the Mindset practices you need to support your body to be as smart as clever as resourceful as energetic as magnanimous as Charismatic you need all of that at your disposal to fight your way out of adversity, you know and so (laughs) for those people it's even more important to own the day. You know, most of the most important things in this book, it's not about spending a bunch of money on supplements. You know, we're talking about the free doctors like sleep and exercise and sex and hydration and light and movement. You know, all of this stuff is, all of this stuff is free and we just need to take the minimum effective dose to really support ourselves and, you know, add layer in the best mindset practices that can help dig us out of these holes. Cause we're always going to get in these holes. We're always going to find these challenges, but You know, the dragons make the heroes. You know, whatever adversity you're facing right now ultimately is going to be the resistance from which you can grow stronger and become, you know, the hero of your own life.
0: Perhaps, Arby, let's go back in time and maybe you can highlight uh, a period of adversity that you went through and how you was able to start owning your days.
1: Well, you know, part of this book in... Every chapter there's a section called getting owned and that's you know sections and segments of my life and other people's lives peak performers lives where they've completely got it wrong <laughs> you know where they've done done everything you know done everything backwards and then the costly effects of that and I think it's uh it's important to you know to be mindful of um the fact that we're all human and that we all make these mistakes and have these challenges. And one of the ones I highlighted in, in the book was, you know, I was working in a really toxic environment and I was deeply, deeply unhappy. And one of the key moves that I made to own my work and to own my situation was to say, all right, I hate this job. I hate what I'm doing. I hate where I'm at in my life, but I have a plan. And the plan is, is I'm going to save up as much money as I can get from this salary. That's, you know, with eating me alive and I'm going to bide enough time and I'm going to learn enough things that in, you know, two years time, I'm going to be able to start my own company. And so it changed something instead of me ruminating on how miserable I was right now. I was like, I can take this. I can endure this situation because I know that I'm going to have a chance to create my own paradise, my own vision, you know, if I can just endure this for a few years and it just totally changed the framework. And so, yeah, while the work environment didn't change my internal environment changed and that's you know it was really a key turning point in my life
0: in in the beginning of your book you describe as owning it as a matter of having the knowledge and a specific prescription needed to create positive repeatable habits if you if uh, if you can what is sort of like uh I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like what, what sort of those habits that you have like you know what does Ari Marcus do when he wakes up what does he eat you know uh uh you know it, are, are, are you getting are, are you kind of what are you doing to mitigate
1: stress man this is this is the book <laughs> you just i mean this is exactly what I put in there I mean this is these are the things that I'm doing I wouldn't put it in there if I'm not doing it you know and that's that's one thing about this like a lot of a lot of people who are researchers who are they'll put stuff in that's unrealistic, you know, Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll talk about baking soda supplementation, and they'll tell you to take, you know, uh, like two teaspoons of baking soda for optimal aerobic performance. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what, when you take two teaspoons of baking soda, you crap your pants, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so like, that's not feasible. And then people will tell you, oh, you got to get eight hours of uninterrupted sleep. Yeah, good luck with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's like a few special humans that can do this. So I wanted to create a book that you know had stuff that you could really do you know so when i wake up absolutely i do put a little himalayan sea salt and some lemon in my water and have that to rehydrate remineralize start the gastric juices i absolutely do get some light get some movement turn that shower nozzle from hot to cold you know i absolutely do take naps because naps have been shown more effective than more overnight sleep or coffee combined you know like all of these things that are in the book are things that I've 100% tried and tested, and so have some of the top athletes in the world.
0: You said the best part of waking up is not forges in your cup. You know, someone may say, (laughs) well, that's BS. That's BS, Aubrey. I need, you know, my my bulletproof coffee, you know, gets me going. You kind of say that, you know, waking up with coffee is like setting off a fire alarm. But isn't Mm -hmm. there a lot of benefits to coffee that can help people?
1: 100 percent it's just a matter of what time you want to use it Mm. so you know in chapter six i talk about performance enhancing plants and i talk about how valuable caffeine is from all the plant sources from matcha tea from coffee Mm -hmm. from yerba mate it's a great ally for us but when you when you sleep at night every time you breathe in air that comes in at um you know a certain humidity and when you breathe out because of the moist the moistness of your body, you're actually breathing out more water vapors. So that's why we're like a pound or a pound and a half lighter uh, when we wake up in the morning than when we went to sleep because we're losing water. Mm. And the first thing you need to do when you wake up is to allow yourself to rehydrate. And coffee in any kind of caffeine is mildly dehydrating. So first of all, right off the gate, you're just exacerbating the dehydration. And it doesn't take much dehydration to create mental fog you know, like uh, anxiousness, like uh, irritability. You know that that's like we're on the cusp of that, right? When we wake up, anyways. Okay. So first thing you got to do is combat that, and then you got to start using the other things first while you can, okay. like getting a little sunlight. That starts the circadian rhythm. That tells the human organism that it's time to wake up. A little movement does the same thing. So that way, you know, you're not use, you're not pushing the coffee turbo button first thing just to get to normal. You have that coffee turbo button for later when you really need it maybe mid maybe mid morning you know after your breakfast or maybe mid afternoon or maybe both whatever but you know to to use like a turbo button to get to normal Mm -hmm. you know i would be like you know if you had a race car and you had to hit the nitrous just to go 60 on the highway you know it's like no you want a car that can go 60 70 on a highway and then when you hit that nitrous button then you want it to fucking scream <laughs> you know, and and that's the and that's the way we should approach coffee and, and some of these other things. It's not something to get you to normal, but something to take you and make you super superhuman.
0: Another thing, another habit you talk about, or at least in the book on chapter two, is uh, breath and the cold. And you stated how like you know they're our best friends. You know, and mm-hmm. of course, people always say, yeah, you know, breathing is important. It's important that our body gets oxygen oxygenated, and deep breathing uh, can definitely help us. But how does the cold factor into it? You know, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, would you would you recommend that people exercise? in like, cold, like for example, as I told you in the beginning, of, uh, you know, prior to we uh, started this episode, that I, I live in the Aspen area, and uh, mm-hmm. here, uh, you know, it, it it can it can get down to anywhere between ten and five degrees, and there are and, and there are some people who exercise. And these frigid temperatures do you see a lot of merit in that is there is there a health benefits and is that some is that something that could really help people uh, improve their health do you want to reach the finish line of course you do but one objection you may have is i don't have the time one thing i've always suggested is outsourcing and thankfully now you can do so in the budget fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for services starting at five dollars the wide range of services include logo design photography copywriting, voiceovers, video editing, and much more. Go to com and click on the link on the episode page. And let Fiverr be the resource to help you
1: reach the finish line. There's no doubt that both the cold and exercise are incredibly helpful. Now, combining the two, you know, I haven't seen the, a lot of the research showing that exercising in the cold is helpful. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, each each of those two things on their own are incredibly helpful. Like, Exposure to the cold boosts norepinephrine like 300%, and that's one of the hormones that actually combats um, cortisol and reduces chronic stress. Chronic stress is just basically eating us up from the ground up and also reduces inflammation, and you know, there's good research showing that regular cold exposure drops your chances of respiratory tract infection by like 42%. Um, a ton of amazing benefits of cold exposure. And all you need is a couple minutes. You know, just turn that shower nozzle as cold as it will go. After you're done taking your little warm shower and doing all your your normal stuff and and let that cold water run over you for a couple minutes. And then you add breath, hyperoxygenate yourself, lower your blood pressure. And then if you hold your breath, that'll actually increase adrenaline, um, you know, similarly to doing like a bungee jump. You know, it's like it actually increases your adrenaline that much. And the combination of all all that, you really don't need coffee anymore. You know, like your body is naturally awake. You're naturally alert. You're naturally ready to go out and kick some asses.
0: When you talk about the breath, you know, uh, there's a lot of types of breathing. Uh, There's, uh, I think it's called like diaphragmic breathing. And when kind of you, um, you kind of inhale you kind of, I guess, inhale as your stomach protrudes and then you exhale as, you know, your, your stomach kind of goes in. Uh, you know, what would be the kind of ideal breathing practice that you will recommend for people? Is there a particular one or do you feel like they're all helpful to a certain or all helpful to some extent?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, we're all breathing way too shallow. We're just breathing into our chest. Mm-hmm. We really need to try and breathe more deeply into our belly and you know the mere act of breathing consciously called pranayama has a ton of health benefits it's a form of meditation on its own and there's also a, a japanese study that shows that six deep breaths is enough to actually lower blood pressure so everybody talks about oh you know take a breath uh, you know let's take a breather you know if you're frustrated if you're angry really they should be saying take six breaths because six is the magic number according to the research and, um, you know, so take the six breaths when you need, need them, and then just focus on breathing into your belly as much as possible, and that'll really kind of reduce your stress uh, and give you that kind of zen clarity that you want throughout the most of the day.
0: Now, you know, you have a very successful uh, high performance uh, human optimization health supplements company. And I know you're not a doctor, I know you're not, but but you know quite a bit about this topic. so. I, the question is like you know a lot of people you know they may have let's say food allergies or better yet, I guess what's common nowadays is these things called food sensitivities you know some people may be gluten sensitive or some people uh you know their body may may, may uh react negatively to some foods right than other foods, even if those foods are considered deemed healthy um, you know you know how how you know, what advice I guess you can give to help a person navigate through that if they have challenges and where, like, for example, um, there, there, there's been some science that say, uh, you know, while gluten is bad, sometimes when you sprout wheat or sometimes you have sourdough <laughs> bread, which is very fermented, uh, that can uh, actually uh, mitigate uh, some of the stresses that's caused if a person is sensitive to it. What would you, I guess, recommend if a person... Do have some food sensitivities, and you know how can they? I guess improve uh, their diet uh, among those uh, challenges.
1: There's this. That's a very rich, uh, rich question there, and I'll try to attack it from as many angles as possible. I think um, the first one is is you know when you actually look at the research, they took uh, I think it was a Swiss study where they took like 400 people who Mm -hmm. thought that they were um, who thought that they had severe gluten intolerance or gluten sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And then they did some testing and realized that only a fraction of the people that actually thought they had gluten sensitivity Mm -hmm. actually did. You know, so when they didn't know what they were getting, you know, a couple of them had celiacs, a couple of them were sensitive, but a very small percentage of self-claimed gluten sensitive people were actually sensitive to gluten. Now, I'm not saying that gluten is great for you, but I think what's happened a lot is that You know, the mind is an incredibly powerful tool. And when you hear that something is bad and then, you know, you have something coincidentally, you know, coincidentally, maybe you do feel bad after some then And then it kind of triggers this idea in your brain that any time you eat pasta or bread, you're going to feel like shit. Mm -hmm. You will feel like shit. That's called the nocebo effect. You know, there's it's the opposite of the placebo effect. It's like the placebo effects evil twin. And there's a lot of great research on how powerful the nocebo effect is. Like, you can literally rub, you know, normal leaves, like oak leaves or whatever, um, on someone's arm. And if you tell them that it's poison ivy, they'll actually break out in a rash. 10 out of 11 people broke out in a rash just because they thought that they just had poison ivy rub- rubbed on them. Like, we're able to mind my- ourselves in an amazing way we're also able to heal ourselves in an amazing way so step one is to not be too stressed and not be too hypochondriacal about all of these potential sensitivities and that's why i really don't recommend people even do those allergy skin tests that are like oh you're deadly allergic to strawberries even though you've eaten strawberries your whole life and then you find out you're apparently allergic to strawberries and every time you eat one you freak out You know, I think there's there's way too much happening in the mind that we don't give credence to it. Now, that said, there are actual anti-nutrients and there are factors in certain foods that, you know, you kind of want to avoid. And that's a a good thing that you mentioned with the sprouting and fermenting of wheat Mm -hmm. because, you know, the the wheat creates these protective shells, these phytates and lectins and, and different elements that when it sprouts some of that gets dissolved and when it ferments some of that gets dissolved and it's just way less work for the stomach to have to deal with and that's kind of universal so you know it's a combination of making intelligent choices like choosing fermented or sprouted grains um, and also not totally letting your mind uh, tell you what's poisonous and what's not poisonous
0: Kind of on the same topic on chapter three, it's, the, the title of it is "More Fat, Less Sugar, or Don't Eat." You know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the this movement. It's not it's not a very large movement, but you know, it's a movement that has made some waves just because of this uh, the I guess the extremity of the term, which is called breatharians, and I guess they claim I, <laughs> I guess they claim not to eat anything. Uh, and maybe that, I guess they—I—I'm I, not really. Sh- I guess they claim not to eat anything. They just drink water and they try to get their um their nutrients from supplements. Um, you know, <laughs> what what would you say to that?
1: Well, I'd say that we've just discovered a whole class of people who are f-ing liars. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> you show me a breatharian, I show you a liar. One for one that there is a direct correlation to that. No, the human body needs fuel, Yeah, you know, and it's just, we need the right type of fuel. We don't need pop tarts and cookies and, you know, Nabisco 50 calorie snack packs and eating constantly. We need, you know, good, healthy, nutrient-dense sources of proteins, fats, fibers, and then carbohydrates when we need them, you know, after a good hard workout. But really, the body is best when it's surviving off of high fiber high fat high protein fuel and we don't need to eat all the time you know i mean that's uh the body needs the body does well under periods of stress and recover stress and recover you know feed and fast exercise and rest you know sleep and be active you know the body is cyclical and we don't need to be doing everything all the time and i think that's the big lesson there
0: so would you kind of advocate for more like a paleo or a low-carb keto type of diet, being that typical yeah. diet to have more fats?
1: Yeah, definitely. We definitely got to up the fat. If you're not eating enough fat, you're probably fat. Because mm-hmm. when you eat fat, you train your body to use your own fat as fuel. You know, And that's, that's utilizing the ketone energy source that's available to us. So, so you really got to up your fat intake and really got to drop your sugar intake. And so that's what I recommend throughout most of the day. And then if you get a good workout in before dinner, or if you get a good workout in the day, then go ahead, add your, you know, um, sourdough bread, you know, lump of sourdough bread with some grass-fed butter, or add some white rice or mashed potatoes or sweet potatoes or something like that, like go for it. But, you know, you're gonna have more mental clarity, you're gonna avoid that kind of metabolic ping pong going up and down with your blood sugar if you just eat a higher fat, higher protein, higher fiber diet. And then just add in the carbs selectively, particularly at night.
0: A potential disagreement. I'm very inter- interested in what you have to say about this because I'm, you know, you being in, in this in the health industry, I'm sure you have heard it at least one time. Um, people would say that uh, you know, so, so, so there's another movement they call fruit, fruitarians. And they have this idea that, well, okay, well, fruits are generally healthy because they're, you know, maybe with the exception of raisins, um, with, with the whole, you know, because raisins have significantly more sugar than it has, uh, you know, fiber and other nutrients. But most fruits typically have a lot a lot of um, uh, nutrients, and a person may say... Well, yeah, it may have sugar, but it's fruit sugar and it's not the same as refined sugar. And and uh, and uh, but I I can get my fats from coconuts, you know? Like is there any merit in that type of fruitarian diet or does or do you in your in your in your humble opinion, do you think it does more harm than good?
1: Yeah, I mean, fruitarian diet is not going to work. I mean, but that doesn't mean that all fruits are bad. And certainly you can and should get a lot of your fats from coconuts. Like, that's a good strategy. Mm -hmm. The thing with fruit is fruit has some nutrients, absolutely. So it has some vitamins and minerals and enzymes. So you're adding in some micronutrients that are beneficial. Mm -hmm. So one point for fruit. Um, Now, as far as fruit sugars being better for you than other sugars, that's just kind of a myth, you know, I mean, really sugar is sugar. Carbohydrate is carbohydrate. And now it depends fructose, which is usually in fruit, um, is actually at worse for you than sucrose or, you know, some of the other, uh, some of the other table sugars because fructose can actually own the liver. So like agave nectar is actually not better for you than just cane sugar. Now, hopefully it's been processed less you know more minimally, but fructose by its nature is not better for you now the the advantage that fruit has though is fruit is packed with fiber that's what keeps it from being a water balloon like if unless fruit would be like a water balloon of juice you know and you would just pop the water balloon and drink the juice. that's not what fruit is fruit is packed with fiber and fiber slows down the absorption of the sugar so it spreads out the speed by which the carbohydrate enters your body, which then allows your body to regulate how much insulin, which is the body's response to sugar, allows your body to regulate how much insulin goes into your body so you don't have these wild blood sugar swings. So fruit has this kind of natural time-release element to it in the fiber. It has some good nutrients, which is good. But as far as the fruit sugar being better for you, it's just really not true from a scientific and metabolic standpoint.
0: Very interesting.
1: Uh,
0: Kind of... uh... Kind of detouring from that topic a little bit, and this is something you're very familiar with because you have a health supplements company you sell a lot of you, you have kind of a great line of you know various types of supplements, but uh, it's probably not you know by any means cover all the spectrum of you know maybe things that people may want to buy like you know I, I, like i'm not sure if you sell the herb jo Gen- genema Sil- silvestra you know but you do you, you do offer quite a bit. Uh, but the, the question comes to is what if uh, so a person who less is maybe a novice or just not very educated about quality supplements and, it's, and the fact that you deal with this I thought you'd per- be a perfect person to ask what do you think about these uh, excipients like magnesium stearate uh, titanium dioxide um, you know these type of things that I guess they included to I guess. So the machines don't chalk up, and you know, mm-hmm. but does that affect the potency of supplements? You know, you no, know, what's our it doesn't like?
1: affect. It, it usually doesn't affect the potency, but it, it is an anti nutrient, and I go into anti nutrients in chapter eight. And some of these are some of these are pretty benign. You know, some of these just kind of like pass through your body, and it doesn't really have an effect. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, um, you know, like there's a lot of silica. If, if anybody's been to Burning Man, you know, and you get in the dust storm. And you breathe in some of the dust from Burning Man, you know, you, you may freak out like, oh my God, I got dust in you, but it's basically silica and the silica is going to pass through your body and it's not going to do anything. And sometimes in supplements, there's things like that, um, that, that are not really a big deal. Now, magnesium stearate is definitely in a, the gray area. You know, we do absolutely everything we can to, to use that only as a last resort. And I think we've gotten to a point now where it's completely out of every one of our products. And so You know, you got to really look at these on a case by case basis. And, you know, that's something that uh, we pay a lot of attention to, Um, you know, because sometimes adding things is necessary just for the material to be able to flow into a capsule just to make it even possible Mm -hmm. to deliver this in a supplement form. Um, So that's important. But the really the things that people need to be worried about are the actual yellow food coloring that's in some of kids' favorite foods. Has actually been linked to ADD so like before you start prescribing your kids patients How about you start giving them some whole healthy food some raw cheese that you actually mix into your noodles rather than that? bright yellow bullshit That they find there and in, in their bright yellow fruit loops or whatever else and go mm-hmm. away some of these other anti-nutrients and food colors and food preservatives mm-hmm. that are actually the real problem
0: interesting and uh Last question as we uh, start to come to a close. You know, uh, I, I do believe that, uh, you know, at least for some religions, it may have an influence to help people on their day. But everyone is not religious. But more people are defining themselves as spiritual. And I've always seen you as a spiritual guy. You know, how, how can, let's say, a secular person find their own path in spirituality. What advice would you recommend?
1: Well, you know, spirituality and spirit whispers to you in stillness. And so you have to find a way to get still. So whether that's meditation or whether that's flotation or whether that's yoga or whether that's ecstatic dance or shamanic breathing or plant medicines, you know, like find some place where your mind gets really, really still. And I think that's the basis to all true spirituality. And then from there you can build from that. You can start to listen to, to what you, you know, what information kind of comes through, and, and I think that's the starting point. And then from there, you know, um, just build from that practice and start reading books and listen to my podcast, Aubrey Marcus podcast. We talk about a lot of experiential spirituality. Or follow me on Instagram at Aubrey Marcus. You know, that's been my path is to not take anything for its word, but go test it. Go see what's real. See what see what makes sense.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to experimenting, uh, you, you've you done that quite a bit. And uh, as you as you stated, you know, um, uh, people can definitely uh, learn about that more uh, in your podcast. As we come to a close, um, if people want to get in contact with you, if people want to buy your book, if people want to continue to follow what you're doing, how can they do that?
1: own the day book.com has a bunch of pre-orders and if anybody's interested pre-orders are so huge for an author it's um really important to let bookstores know what books to order and um so i'm deeply grateful for anybody who pre-orders and then it's just like christmas when it's out it shows up at your door and you want to have to think about it Uh, so definitely appreciate anybody who's doing pre-orders you can get those at barnes and noble or amazon Um, but we have all those options at own the day book.com and then as far as me, just um, you know, follow me at Aubrey Marcus. Instagram is my most active personal platform, but I'm on Facebook and Twitter as well.
0: Aubrey, thanks for being our guest.
1: Absolutely, man. Good to talk to you again.
0: Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Dix. If you haven't already, purchase the book, Reaching the Finish Line at reachingthefinishline.com now. It's time for you to start reaching your finish line so where are you waiting for start